You know what it is. That's right. It's time to talk money with your money nerd and financial coach. Now, tighten those purse strings and open those ears. It's the Money Talk with Tiff podcast. All right. Hey, hey, hey. I know I am late today, but I have a really good reason and I'm going to get into why. Let me just make sure that I am live everywhere as per the usual. And because I'm late, I think it broke some of my (laughs) things that I have. Yeah. Okay, there we go. All right. While I'm getting set up, how's everyone doing on this beautiful Friday? You can let me know in the comments, in the chat boxes, wherever you are. How are you doing today? How you doing? (laughs) (laughs) like Wendy Williams used to say, how you doing? All right, so I think we're live everywhere. Hey, everyone, just drop in the comments, in the chat, wherever you are. Let me know that you can hear me. Let me know how your day is going. I'd love to hear. I know I'm late. I usually get on at 12 noon, but I have a good reason Today, I was at a conference and that conference went a little over so I didn't get a chance to hop on live, but it's okay because I got good information from the conference that I'm about to share on this live today. So it's all good. All right. So with that being said, let's go ahead and hop into it, right? So Like I said, I apologize for being late today. I usually go live at noon. Today was a little different because I did have a conference that I was attending and it went a little over. And so I didn't make it by noon. And then, of course, I had to wait until the kids got off the bus. But I wanted to still hop on today. I didn't want to miss this Friday because I have stuff to share. And one of the things that I wanted to share now is the information that I got from the conference. So just to give you a little bit about where I was, it was a conference about cybersecurity for small businesses. Okay, and so this is super important for small businesses. And honestly, I'm going to be real with y'all. I did not really pay much attention to this. But now listening to some of these stats that I'm going to share with you. Now I'm about to pay more attention to this. So really quick, and then we'll get into the other stuff that I had already pre-planned. But this was just like some juicy tidbits that I'm going to just sprinkle in here while we getting started. So anyway, they said that fraud increased by 45 percent in 2020 alone. So when everybody was going through the pandemic, guess what? The fraudsters was on the rise. 45% increase in 2020. Fraudsters made $3.3 billion just in 2020. So they were saying like, this is the biggest, biggest wealth transfer is happening. And it's not from older people to younger people. It's from frauds, it's from legitimate people to fraudsters. And so $3.3 billion in 2020. They also mentioned that children are attacked more frequently by social security number. 
So if you can protect your children's social security numbers, by all means, please do so. One thing that I do to protect my own social security number is by freezing my scores at my credit reports at each bureau. And I actually just released an episode all about that, where I actually walk you step by step on my computer with a share screen on how to do so. So definitely check that out. With kids, it's difficult because in order to be able to freeze, you have to pass the verification questions. And of course, as kids, they don't have those. You can try it, see if you're, you're allowed to with your kids. But I know in my experience, there wasn't a way for me to do that. But there's other ways that you can protect your children from people using their social security number. They also mentioned, speaking of kids, kids having cell phones and tablets makes data vulnerable as well. And so if you think about it, if adults are horrible with this, imagine kids that have no idea what's going on. And so they were saying with your kids being like eight with cell phones or with tablets or whatever, and my kids have tablets. So now I'm like, but they were saying how easy it is for fraudsters and criminals to get a hold of information. And especially in my household, we're gamers too. So I'm even thinking about that. So anyway, just a thought. They also said that phones are not secure in your back pockets or in a purse because there are literally people walking around just scanning data from your phone. And so you think since you have your phone put away that it's all safe and sound, but really all they need is a phone and some software and they just walk by doop, doop dupe scanning people and taking all of your data from your devices. I thought that was crazy. One of the ladies that was presenting, she says she had went to a conference in Vegas, a cybersecurity conference, and she was just sitting there watching how people was going around in the casino, just walking past people, boop, 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 just taking their data and she was just watching it happen. So apparently it happens very commonly. I had no idea. So she said to protect yourself against that. See if you can get a case that actually um, protects your phone from the data being taken as well. So apparently there's cases out there that do that. When a guy was talking, one of the other speakers, he said, because he used to be a hacker for the government. And so it was his job to actually hack into things. He said, hackers are lazy. They prefer the easy route. So make sure that when you're looking at your systems and stuff that you layer everything. So that might be two factor authentication or whatever, whatever other layering you can do. He was like, try to make it as difficult as possible. They said passwords should be at least nine characters and up, so on and so forth. But I thought that was interesting. He said hackers are lazy. They want the easiest target, the fastest target. If you make it hard, they might give up and just move on to the next. So a thought there. Also, which I thought was crazy, but heart devices can be hacked and someone can literally hack into somebody's like heart device and make them have a heart attack. And that's the crazy part about it. People were malicious enough, like it could be a matter of life and death because everything is technology now. And so I thought that was eye-opening if you have a small business out there, the stat was 60% of small businesses go out of business within six months of a cyber attack. So if you get attacked as a small business, there's a cyber attack going on, 60% of small businesses fail within six months of that attack happening because they don't have the resources and stuff to get through it or to... Um, be able to protect themselves. So I thought that was interesting. Getting into the money side, 
They also mentioned that having blockchain does not protect you and it is not a product, it's a methodology. So you know how people are like, my stuff is in blockchain, so I'm safe. He's like, no, that's not the case. That's not how it works. It's just a methodology of encrypting, but it's not a product. It's not something that's meant to keep you safe. So just understanding what you're getting into when you're talking about blockchain and all that stuff. They also mentioned, which I didn't even know about this, maybe y'all did, but Target's latest cyber attack wasn't even through their computer system. It was through the HVAC system. So because their HVAC system was technology too, the hackers just went through the HVAC and got access to all the computers and everything else. I was like, what? <laughs> through the HVAC, through the air conditioning stuff? Uh, so I thought that was interesting. And then one more point I'll make, they mentioned that there is no cloud. It's just someone else's computer, <laughs> which is completely true. So to his point, he was saying, even though you upload things to the cloud and so on and so forth, you still have to make sure that you're encrypting and monitoring on your end because really the cloud is just another computer. So I just wanted to get those tidbits out there because I think it's important for our cyber safety. And especially if you're listening and you're a small business owner, this is important stuff to know and just to keep in your back pocket to realize that you can never be 100% safe, but you can at least get some things uh, to, sorry, I was thrown off. You at least get to, Make sure that you can do it as much as you can in order to protect yourself. Okay. So anyway, let's get to the money stuff that I have for today. I just wanted to share those tidbits that I got from the conference since it was so fresh and it was such good information. And that conference was put on by North Carolina A&T and um, they had other sponsors and stuff that were there, but it was a wonderful event. Okay, moving on. I have been talking about the student loan forgiveness for the past few weeks now. And the application is now live, finally. So after I went live last week, they actually made it live that week, that weekend. And so I could not wait until it, I could not wait to get back on live again to let y'all know that it was live. So you can find the application at, sorry y'all, I'm being thrown off. You can find the application at studentaid.gov. And it's very easy. Like I said, last live is first name, last name, date of birth, email, think phone number. And that was it. So definitely check it out and make sure you get that in if you qualify. Now, I wanted to also go over the whole Equifax situation. So on October 14th, Equifax, and it's ironic because at the event I was at today, it was actually the former VP of cybersecurity for Equifax <laughs> was one of the speakers. But anyway, Equifax used its own technology to find and fire 24 workers with secret second jobs. OK, so with that being said, I know a lot of people are doing like the second job thing where you are getting another full-time job on top of your job. And as a former HR professional, my thing is just make sure you know what your business policies are, what your company's policies are. Because what happened with this situation is people did not take the time to realize what their 
the policies are that they signed and that they agreed to when they started the job. And so Equifax was able to use that against them and get them fired. So make sure that you know what you sign when you first get on. Also know what's in the employee handbook. Know sometimes they do updates to handbooks. Sometimes they send out extra stuff to sign. Make sure you're reading all of that because it's important to know what your rights are in these situations. Unfortunately, these people can't do anything about it because they directly violated company policy. And so it's important if you are thinking about getting a second job full time, making sure that it does not interfere with your current job, making sure that you're not violating any of the employment, um, any of the employment laws or employment agreements that you have already signed, because this can and will happen. So I was glad, let me rephrase that. I was not glad that people got fired, but I was glad that this made headlines because it made people more aware of what's possible if you don't take the proper steps. Now, if they followed everything and the company still fired them as a result of having a second job, then they could have sued, okay? But because they did violate company policy, now there's nothing that they can do about it. So for instance, in this situation, they fired them because it says they conducted an investigation into a number of employees suspected of holding dual full-time employment that conflicted with roles at the company. As a result, several employees who violated our company code of conduct and outside employment policy, because see, they had an outside employment policy. The people probably didn't even read it to see what was on it. And it says, which were in effect at the time of the investigation were recently terminated. So even though... It's very unfortunate that this happened. It does shed light on these situations and just use it as ammo for if you decide that you want to do it, make sure that you are following all company policies and stuff and doing it the right way. Because some companies don't care if you have extra jobs and stuff like that. Some companies actually encourage it, I actually spoke for a company that encouraged their employees to get second jobs, whether it's a side hustle or whatever. So don't think that just because you work somewhere, they're not going to support you in that endeavor. Make sure you get an understanding of what your company culture is, what the company policies are, and what is allowed and what's not. So that way you can make a decision on whether you should embark on that journey or not is super important. And Equifax actually used their product called the work number. And when I first heard about this, I was telling people, I was like, yeah, as a former HR professional, the work number is very, 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 very popular. Okay. <laughs> Every job that I have ever had in HR, the work number was calling, verifying employment, all of that stuff. And so they have the information they need in order to make these decisions if they need to. That's why it's important to protect yourself because if you look at the employee policies and all of that and you're not in violation of those policies by getting another job and they tried to fire you, oh, they could fire you, but you can also sue. So know your rights too. But anyway, in this situation, like I said, they didn't have that option because they clearly violated when they weren't supposed to. Let's see. 
Yeah, because the work number says 2.5 million companies have submitted data to the work number. So lots and lots and lots of companies. Like I said, I've worked at small companies. I've worked at large companies. And the work number was still like we still knew about it and we still got inquiries from there. So anyway, I just wanted to get that information out there to you all. I'm so glad that I did go to the conference. I apologize for being late, but at least I was able to get you some information that would be very helpful, hopefully for you and just put something else on your radar because I've been in business since 2017 and a lot of this stuff was not on my radar and now it is <laughs> like I came home and started making changes immediately. So I highly recommend that you do your own kind of business audit if you are a small business owner and figure out what it is that you need. If you are local to Greensboro, North Carolina, they're actually doing free health checks. So cybersecurity health checks at A&T. And so they said they'll be starting those in the spring semester. So they'll actually be going through all of that data and stuff and making sure that everything is okay. And if it's not, they're giving you a full report. And this is all for free. They're giving you a full report of what you need to change and what kind of vulnerabilities exist. So anywho, thank you so much for joining me for this live today. And if you are catching this on the podcast, you can catch me live every Friday at 12 p.m. for Finance Friday Live. And if you are seeing me live, thank you so much for joining. If you're watching the replay, thank you so much for watching. And I hope you all have a wonderful rest of your day. Bye. Thank you for listening, joining, and being a part of the Money Talk with Tiff podcast this week. You can check Tiff out every Thursday for a new Money Talk podcast. But if you just can't wait until next week, you can listen to previous podcast episodes at moneytalkwitht.com or follow Tiff on all social media platforms at Money Talk with T. Until next time, spend wise by spending less than you make. A word to the money wise is always sufficient.